Hey, this is another episode of Debt Free Dudes. You're back with myself, Steve Rode, the Get Out of Debt guy. You can find me at getoutofdebt.org. And of course, my compatriot, Damon Day, who you can find at D-A-M-O-N-D-A-Y.com. Hey, Damon. Hey, Steve. So this week, we're talking about risks of recession, inflation, and dealing with your debt now before it's too late. Today is more of a public service announcement. Get out of debt. Get out of it. Well, you know, getting out of debt is always a good idea. Now, I think what's really interesting about this podcast is, like always, Damon and I have not really talked to each other about this topic, but you will probably find that we have different points of view because we are from different generations and have had unique and different lives. I am a little bit older than Damon. Slightly. Uh, well, it's, you know, not in too many decades, but... Uh, you could be my father. <laughs> actually, I could. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, I didn't say I wanted to be, but you I pra- could be. I you could practically be. are. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a book one day. It'll be my three dads. That's right. Everything Steve told me, I didn't listen to. Yeah, my three um, dads, because I already have two, and then you'd be my third dad. I'd be your unbiological father. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a fear. I don't know what percentage of the company fears a recession and fears inflation, but uh, there are cer- certainly lots of different points of view. I went out this morning and researched to see what the current recession forecast is. It's 50-50. So I think that about sums it up. We don't know what's coming, but Damon, you think it's important that people prepare for the worst and tell me why. And for this podcast, just so listeners know, company means country. <laughs> you said company. Oh, company? Yeah. You said half the company thinks this. <laughs> oh, well, you know, country is like a company. <laughs> it actually is very much like a company if you really want to dive into it. A corporation. See, do we want to go down the rabbit hole? <laughs> of, of If it's a person or not? Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a movie once, wasn't there, like United States of America, Inc., or something like that? Yeah. Yes, there was. You know, you've got a very healthy view of why people need to think about the downsides here, tell everyone why they should think about managing their debt now. Because debt is bad. We talk about this quite a bit, far as, like you said, half the country thinks there's going to be a massive recession, the other half thinks it's it's there's not going to be one. The bottom line is nobody knows. But what I do know is carrying debt into a time of downturn, especially massive downturn, is not fun. And if there was ever a time to just bite the bullet and get yourself out of debt, it would be now. Because the way I look at it is, okay, if half the country's right and there is a massive recession, you potentially lose your job, uh, you know, price is still going up. The, The last thing you want is to be, you know, dealing with debt. Um, but if the other half of the country is right and there is no recession, is it really that bad for you to get out of debt anyway? I mean, so it's like, what's the downside of just getting the hell out of debt right now? Okay, when we're talking about getting out of debt, we're not talking about cut up all your credit cards and don't spend. We're talking about reducing your obligations that you have now. But that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy life and do the things that you want to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's no one way to do it. I mean, it's just a matter of taking stock of where you're at. And and when I'm saying debt, I'm not talking about you got to, you know, accelerate the payoff on your mortgage, although that's not a bad thing if that's 
going to make sense for a certain individual. I'm mainly talking about consumer debt, debt that you racked up buying things that you really didn't have the money to afford at that time. And then now it's just sucking 20, 25%, 30% from you every single year. Well, people are spending a whole lot more on credit cards right now. It's going up like 10, 11, 12% a month. Every month, people are, are spending just a whole bunch of money. What I find very interesting about looking towards the future is in my lifetime, I am now 63 years old. And in my lifetime, I lived through high inflation, out of control economy in the 70s. I've lived through multiple fuel crises, energy crises, stock market crashes, everything. And one of the things that I have learned is it's all cyclical. It all goes around and comes around and everyone will experience multiple things like that in their life. What I find fascinating is a troubling economy or pressure on your personal finances and budget can be good for the country. For example, rising interest rates make the U.S. dollar more attractive and more people are flooding money into the United States. And it also means that the U.S. dollar buys more. And that seems counterintuitive. I mean, for example, here's another thing. In order to reduce inflation, the Federal Reserve is going to have to increase interest rates and increased interest rates will lead to higher unemployment. <laughs> so one thing is not like another. And this is a wave that we are going to ride. If you want to prepare yourself for potential, maybe a little downsizing or just making your monthly stress a little bit less, Damon, give us some ideas of what things people can focus on. Well, I mean, there's a million different things you can focus on, but when, when you really boil it all down, there's just almost two things, right? You look at how can I get rid of the debt on the back end and how can I stop getting into debt on the front end? So it's mm -hmm. just about, when it really boils down to it, it's about make better choices on the front end about the stuff you're buying mm -hmm. and, and then figure out what is the best way for you to assess the debt that you have now and come up with a plan and a strategy. I don't care if that plan is file bankruptcy and wipe it out, get into debt negotiation, debt settlement, credit counseling, tiny feet, as Steve likes to call Dave Ramsey's <laughs> baby steps. It doesn't really matter how you do it. It's just you want to do something to start moving toward whatever your goal is. And just continuing to do the same thing is, is not going to help. And we start looking at purchasing decisions and you know budgeting. Nobody likes to talk about this stuff because budgets are boring. But one thing that has really helped me out over the years that I didn't even... I don't know, didn't think about or just didn't occur to me until, you know, later in life, not as late as Steve's life, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when people are buying things, like let's say you want to buy a new car, right? And you go, oh, it's 0% interest. It's, that, that's awesome. It's, it's a, you know, you kind of like can justify things, right? In your mind, you think, well, that's a good buy because it's 0% interest. Mm -hmm. Well, one way to start thinking about things, if you have consumer debt and you're paying on credit cards, so you got $30,000 on credit card debt and you're making payments every month and, you know, you're managing it, but that's basically all you're doing and you're paying 20%, 25%. If you make a decision to go buy a new car, even though you think, well, that's great. That's at 0%. That's a very smart purchase. You're technically not getting that car at 0% because all those monthly payments that you're making on that car, $500 a month, is now $500 a month that you cannot throw at that 25% interest rate credit card. So Good if point. you have a credit card at 25%, every single thing you buy every day is 
essentially like getting a loan for that thing at 25% because that's not $25 you could throw at that credit card. Oh, I'm going to go out to McDonald's and take the kids to McDonald's. And it's, well, these days it's 50 freaking dollars to go to McDonald's. <laughs> but so that's yep. $50 and you think, oh, it's $50, but I, you know, I had a hard day at work or whatever. Just start framing it different. Think about it like every single time you go to buy something, ask yourself, would I be willing to get a loan at 25% interest to buy this Big Mac, right? And then it really helps separate your needs from your wants because that's what you're doing. You are literally financing every single thing you put a dollar out for, you're financing that at 25% because the opportunity cost is that dollar cannot go onto the principal balance of that credit card and, and stop that 25% interest charge. So until you get out of that debt, you are paying your highest interest rate debt on every single purchase you make. Yeah, once you're not carrying expensive debt like credit card debt, it's interesting. The least important factor when selecting that card is the interest rate. The interest rate doesn't even matter because if you're paying that debt off in full every month and you're not carrying a balance, you're not getting charged interest. But if you're carrying a balance, like Damon said, you're going to be paying out the ass for that, that pack of gum and that Starbucks latte, and you're going to be paying a lot more than the actual cost. And speaking of the actual cost, I mean, let's be honest about those 0% interest rate offers. They're not really 0%. The, the profit and the interest that would have been earned on that vehicle are built into the sales price. I mean, you're going to pay one way or another, but it is all about mentally triggering you to go out and buy. Recent studies have found that nearly 40% of Americans regularly overspend to impress others. That's where a lot of money leaks out. You're just trying to keep up with the Joneses or spend like your friends spend. But instead, if you're looking for easy places to cut back, being more aware and conscious of why you are spending the money will save you. What is the equivalent of a shitload, Damon? A crap load? Crap load, okay. We'll save, <laughs> save you a crap load of money. And Damon and I, and I want to ruin the surprise, but uh, both of us bitch and whine and whinge all the time about budgets. We both just absolutely hate budgets because if you're not tracking your cash now and you don't know where it goes, making up a page of lies is not going to help you do better financially. One thing that you can do is before cutting back and cutting out in your life, if you want to reduce the amount of money that's flowing out of your wallet every month, just simply write down what you're spending money on. I have found over the years that just by doing that, just by being a little bit more aware, people usually cut back their discretionary spending by about 20% because now they're actually asking themselves two important questions. Do I really need this? And I think the most important question is, why am I buying it? And when you can answer those two questions and you still want to purchase what that thing is, whatever it is, hey, that's up to you. If you can afford it, go for it. And I would add that third question of, am I willing to get a loan for 25% to buy this item? Because most of the time I say, yeah, I don't really need that. Right. But you know, you just have to frame it like that because that is exactly what you're doing if you have that debt. So, and I know we're not saying anything profound on this podcast. The whole the whole point of this episode was really just to kind of bring some awareness to hey, there's some pretty heavy things that may be going on, you know, into the economy at large here. You know, it's always a good time to get out of debt, but especially now 
would be a time you really want to take stock of where you're at, especially if we do go into recession. What do financial gurus always say that you want to have in times of recession? Cash in the bank. Cash in the bank, right? What it was Warren Buffett always say, you know, you want to be able to buy when people are selling and sell when people are buying. Well, in a recession, people usually are selling. And if you have very little debt and extra cash, you might be able to get some deals, maybe on some real estate or whatever it is that you want to do or start a business on the side, pick that up on the cheap. But cash is king in a recession. And I don't know what debt is, but it's not king. Okay, so let's also talk about preparing for the future. Look, I was young once. When you're younger, it's the most important time to save and plan for the future because your money will grow and multiply and you don't have to work harder for that to happen. So in reducing your debt, don't get all into the, I need to reduce all my debt right now. Also start thinking about putting money away into a couple of different accounts. One is an emergency account in case the tire goes, you need engine work, the hot water heater goes, something unexpected in your life. The next account is saving for retirement. If your employer has some sort of 401k plan and matches your contributions, you should match that out because that's free money your employer is trying to give you. What's interesting is that even though I ran a financial company, only about 30% of my staff would ever participate in the 401k. Most of them were young and they thought, ah, oh, there's time to do that later. But the ones that did participate have come back to me years later and said, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, I've got my balance has grown by X percent and it's just thank you. The third bucket, it's like what we were talking about earlier about having money in the bank. Some people also label that account the fuck it account. If you ever get fed up at work or something happens and you just don't want to work for a jerk anymore, or you want to take some time off, you can say, fuck it. And you got the cash in the bank in order to carry you through those times. Damon, you got a fuck it account? I'm Did sorry. My wife just stuck her head in and I had to mute it and see what she needed, which was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I, I didn't have anything. I literally, I came back on when it was dead <laughs> silence and I had nothing to make up. Sorry. Well, you you missed my whole thing about needing a fuck it account. No, I didn't need. I, I didn't miss that. I heard the fuck it account, but I didn't know if there was a question on the end, and I was deer in headlights, and I was just oh. like, okay, fess up. <laughs> I need a. I, I need like a red light or something outside my door. I have one. <laughs> I have one. It's actually, it's downstairs in the kitchen. Yeah. So when, when I'm when recording, this is on. <laughs> yeah, it says recording, which basically means don't open my door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry about that. No prop. Yeah. I've been talking about the front. Uh, I was going to say, I'm the front end guy. You're the back end guy when it comes to dealing with this topic, dealing with debt. So one day you wake up, Damon, and you feel, oh my God, my debt is out of control. I don't know what to do. I'm going to do something. I'm going to make phone calls. I'm going to go on the internet. I'm going to contact people. Uh, we've talked about it before, but give us a quick summary of what people should do if they're panicking right now and listening to us? Well, they should call me, but that's a shameless plug. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's the, that's the easy button. Just call Damon and tell him what my problem is and he'll tell me what to do and it'll make sense and I'll be very happy. The biggest thing is you got to just take a step back. You're going to get, as soon as you start responding to 
mailers or going to websites, putting in your information, you're going to start getting bombarded. And, and the bombardment will continue for years. Like <laughs> you fill out a, a help request form online for a consolidation loan, and you'll just be getting inundated with 15 offers a month in the mail of everybody wanting you to loan money. Even long after you're out of debt, you'll still keep getting the offers. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But the biggest thing is take a step back. My rule of thumb is if you get an unsolicited offer for help, it's bullshit. That's just the easiest way to really think about it. Now, is it absolutely true that anybody offering to help is going to be BS? No, you know, you you might get lucky. That's an advertising mailer or something to induce you to purchase that service. Yeah, absolutely. And and the last thing you want to do is, especially as Steve mentioned, if you're up late at night, you're stressed, you're getting phone calls from creditors, you've got this debt, you don't know what to do. The last thing you want to do is be on the phone with some salesperson selling you some service or some program when you don't even have an understanding of what your options are and how to best resolve it. Because people have preconceived notions about bankruptcy or credit counseling or Dave Ramsey or whatever it is. And a salesperson will take your preconceived notions and run with them. And you you might be a perfect candidate for a chapter seven bankruptcy. It might be the absolute perfect solution for your situation, but you might be predisposed to saying, oh, I have got an aversion to that. I don't want to do that. Well, somebody that's looking out for your best interest can help you unpack that and explore that. And maybe you have a legit reason for wanting to avoid it and that's fine and we can unpack that. But maybe you don't. Maybe you have some preconceived notions that are false, but what a salesperson will do that's trying to sell you a service is go with that aversion you have to the bankruptcy and tell you how horrible it is, not even unpack it at all, not explore it, tell you why it's so bad and why the thing that they're selling is definitely a better solution for you. That's not what you need. What you need is somebody that can give you some objective information and say, okay, based on your situation, this is what your life will look like if you did option X. This is what your life will look like if you did option Y or option Z or whatever it is. Take some time, take a breath, start looking at all those things, really think about what's important to you. Uh, If you are looking at a bankruptcy or a settlement or something like that, understand what kind of negative potential effects that could have on certain aspects of your life, like your credit and things like that, and understand what benefits those could have on your life. And then you weigh the benefits versus the negatives and decide for yourself what makes the most sense. So big tip number one, if you get unsolicited advertising, don't even respond to it. Or if you do just know 100% you are talking to a salesperson that usually knows nothing about finance and is not there to help you figure out a strategy. They're just there to sell you a service. You can get the information, thank them for their time, and then again, take a step back and go on to another sales call because that's essentially what you're doing is you're making sales calls and then you're trying to decide which sales guy sounded the best, unfortunately. Well, I'm a big student of behavioral economics and people tend to fall in very identifiable theories biases, behaviors. And one of those biases is something called the framing cognitive bias. The reason I bring that up is, tell me if this doesn't sound familiar. A framing cognitive bias develops from making decisions from the information presented to you rather than doing an independent analysis of all of the data on the subject, right? So we're talking about a debt relief salesperson telling you one thing and you making a decision based on that rather than researching the topic. Now, those that seek debt help 
may pick solutions differently based on what the salesperson has told them. And also, this bias can also be developed by social influences, what other people that you know say, like you talked about, the negative things about bankruptcy, and it can influence your decision. So rather than making a fully educated, aware, intelligent decision about how to deal with your debt, be aware that you can fall into this easy stuff about herd mentality or self-serving bias or what I think is the dreaded framing cognitive bias. Yeah, well, and I don't want people to think that we're just like pro-bankruptcy, pro-bankruptcy, pro-bankruptcy. No. I just like to use it as an example all the time because it's such an apparent example of what you're just talking about, right? What Because everybody knows bankruptcy is bad, right? I mean, that's just like ingrained in <laughs> our culture. Like bankruptcy is bad. Bankruptcy is bad. Everybody knows bankruptcy is bad. So a salesperson trying to sell you debt settlement or credit counseling or financial peace university or whatever it is, is going to come with that preconceived notion. We, we just assume bankruptcy is the last resort and we're not going to look at it. So here's why this other option I'm presenting to you is going to be better than the big bad bankruptcy. And they don't ever want to unpack it. In fact, they actively discourage consumers from even looking at it. So again, I'm not saying the answer is always bankruptcy. I just love to use that example because everybody can relate to that, especially if you've been talking to any kind of debt relief providers or anything like that, or going online and looking at just mainstream financial blogs. Everybody says bankruptcy's bad. Well, bankruptcy can't be bad for everybody, right? Yeah. It wasn't bad for me. It was great for me when I filed it. Dave Ramsey doesn't like bankruptcy, but it seemed to work out pretty well for him. So it can't be bad for every situation, but every single entity or person you talk to comes from that standpoint of, well, this is bad. So let's not look at that unless we can't make anything else work. And that's the wrong way to approach it. Don't try to shove your problem into a preconceived solution. Design the solution around your actual problem. That makes more sense. Here's the other thing you hear a lot, too, is bankruptcy is a last resort. Well, <laughs> that sentence alone makes no sense. Bankruptcy is a resort, right? It is one of the options. It's not really the last resort. It is one of them to consider. Last resort means you tried everything else that may not have been appropriate for you and wasted time and money rather than doing what you needed to do. Damon and I have both seen over all of our years of helping people, people who have just thrown away tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in doing the wrong thing trying to tackle their debt rather than taking good, logical, educated, informed action. And I understand it. This is an emotional thing, right? Debt is nothing more than math wrapped in emotion. Getting through the emotion, getting to the math is hard for people. You probably want to talk to somebody that's going to kind of help challenge your emotional feelings about it and present you with the actual facts. And then you can decide if you're just being emotional about it and damn it, that's fine for you because that's what you want to do. Or, hey, you know what? You're right. Maybe I, I did have some preconceived notions about this, and maybe I should be at least open to looking at it. I can't tell you the number of clients I've had over the years that when they first came to me, it was, well, I don't want to go bankrupt. And, and trust me, I've I don't think I've ever had a client call me and on the first call say, I really hope bankruptcy is my option. Like, <laughs> it doesn't happen. Like no, nobody, no. nobody wants to do it. But again, the difference between talking to, to like me or somebody that's, okay, my job on this phone call is to sell this person my credit counseling program because that's what I get paid for. You think their advice about 
what bankruptcy may or may not look like for you is going to be the same as my advice. If I'm getting paid to be an advisor, so I'm actually getting paid for the advice rather than getting a commission for the sale, right? It's going to be different, I guarantee you. And it's going to be something that's going to be a lot more objective and something that you can look at. But at the end of the day, it's still your decision. My job is not to say you have to file bankruptcy because my job is to say, if you filed bankruptcy, your life would look like this. If you did not file bankruptcy, your life will look like this. Which way do you want to go, right? And so we look at things through process of elimination until the client finds a strategy that A, makes sense financially, but just as important, they're comfortable with because it is their life. It's their money. It's their credit. So it's got to be their decision and they can't make the decision unless they understand how it's going to affect them before they jump into it. Let's talk about some more ways that people can easily save money. And one of the big things that I find really saves money is not eating out as much, not spending money on restaurants and things like that. If you can find an easy way. Now, my wife and I have found an easy way that we don't actually go out to eat all that much at all because we've mastered the instant pot. We've ma- mastered the crock pot. Uh, we make uh, easy meals that are good for you that actually don't end up costing a lot of money and don't take much time. Another thing that I think a lot of people spend a lot of money unconsciously on are cell phone plans. It's worth shopping around and looking at what new plans are available. Um, I happen to use a carrier that is exceedingly cheaper than what I used to use. And there are carriers out there like uh, Consumer Cellular. And uh, Damon, you had a horrible experience with T-Mobile, but if you're in a metropolitan area, they have they're the number one 5G provider right now. They have some really affordable plans. So that's what? worth looking at. Why do I feel like you're talking about me when you talk about eating out and expensive cell phone plans? <laughs> well, because that's <laughs> the beauty of our friendship is that <laughs> you do all those things. <laughs> so one one thing the, the listeners might not know about me is my wife doesn't like to cook. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say what cell phone plan, what company I use, but it rhymes with Verizon. <laughs> but... And but you know, in you we've known each other for how long? Fifteen years. And yeah. in that time, I've had this on again, off again relationship with Verizon. But I, I'm like in a you know, I'm in like an abusive relationship, right? They're the most expensive, but I always go back to them because every time I try a different one, it just the service just doesn't work out for me. And it's different. Like I'm not just like a teenager that drives around town and has to have my phone work in town to call my friends. Like this is what I use full time. I don't have a, I haven't had a landline for 10 years, you know? All right. Well, how many devices are on your plan? Are we going to do this? Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, clearly we don't talk before because I have no idea. So let's say we got four cell phones and we've got, um, one, two, carry the one, three, uh, four iPads. Okay. A hotspot. And I think that's it. Okay. And what do you pay a month? I want to say like 300, but that includes 0% interest on the latest (laughs) iPhones, baby. (laughs) Again, you're talking about me. This is why I'm such a good consultant, though, because I've lived and experienced everything. So I can say, do as I say, not as I do. But if you do as I do, here's what's going to happen to you. Damon and I have many conversations where I'm over here going, you're killing me. (laughs) Killing me, Smalls. (laughs) 
So we have... Uh, You're the yin to my yang. Isn't that yeah. what our like, show said or whatever the yeah. intro was? Do we still play that intro on these No, calls? I'll have to stick it in there for this Come one. Come on. I'm, the yin to I my for- yang. I forgot about it. Steve Rode and Damon Day are coming at you fast. Getting you out of debt with their true romance. Steve's the ying to Damon's yang. They are here to save the day. A couple debt superheroes. Steve and Damon coming your way. Hi, Steve Rode, your get out of debt guy. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to learn more about money, credit, and debt, or you're one of the many good people out there with bad debt and you want it to go away. But stick with me. Together we can make that happen. Either way, I'm here for you, and I believe a better and more financially successful future is ahead. It can be within your grasp. I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you find this or any of my podcasts helpful, please take a moment and leave a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Your feedback and opinion matter to me. And if I've done a good job, your review helps others to find the podcast as well. And while you're there leaving your review, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Last piece of housekeeping. If you have a question or comment you'd like to hear on an upcoming podcast, you can leave me a voice message at getoutofdebt.org slash message. Or leave me a question for me to answer on my website by going to getoutofdebt.org slash question. Thank you so much for being a great listener, and I'm sending you a giant virtual hug in return. And now, on with the podcast. So we have uh, three cell phones and a hotspot and pay one ten a month. I got you beat. You do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I pay more money. Oh. <laughs> I, I got you beat. I win. You can win that one. That's fine. <laughs> I um, win. You can do it. Well, here's another thing is like car insurance. If uh, I'm going <laughs> to beat you on that one, too. I mean, if you're with the same program year after year after year, it's worth looking around for car insurance because you'll be surprised how rates have changed. We recently did that with our uh, homeowner's insurance and saved $900 a year. It makes a big difference. Easy money. That's just mo- that's not money that you're cutting out anything. That's just money that you're not spending. So Steve, you can put it in your pocket. Yes. Do you know someone who's been with the same insurance company for a long time? (laughs) I didn't mention your name. There we go. Do you know that I've never had another insurance company? So when you say a long... Here, let me give you an idea of a long time. I've had this insurance company since I got insurance, Mm -hmm. right? And the reason I had this insurance company is because my parents had this insurance company. And the reason they had this insurance company... Is because mm-hmm. my grandparents had this insurance company. It doesn't hurt to shop around. We're three generations of getting ripped <laughs> off, baby. And I don't know this because I've never actually filed a claim in 25 years for anything. Yeah. But I'm confident they'll have my back if I they'll file. They'll be right it. on because, it. Because we're three generations loyal, Steve. Isn't that true? 
Well, it's like my friend uh, who used to have uh, Allstate had his car stolen and they canceled his policy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm sure if I ever have a claim and I say, hey, look, my grandfather's had your insurance yeah. for three generations, they will absolutely take that Not into account care. and pay my claim, right? No. Absolutely. Care. No, I'll get CEO on speed dial, baby. Right. Right now, Geico is offering incredible rates and it wouldn't hurt you just to check to see what the rate is. I mean, right? Oh, of course not. Okay. I've, I've checked rates and then... Stuck with I, the same company. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Hmm. Well, you know, this is called market research. I do stupid things so I can tell my clients, hey, not hey, don't do the stupid thing. I did it and here's what happened to me. Wow. It, it makes for great writing topics yeah, just, for me. Just like, just like buying stuff at Walmart to ar- arbitrage and flip on eBay, all this money I'm making <laughs> on the side so we can report back on it to our listeners about... How much money I'm not making because I haven't sold a damn thing. Not a damn thing. Well, you know. Not a damn thing. uh, We've been working on this project. Damon has been working on this project about looking at side hustles that can make money because, you know, we're we're trying to come up with things that we can tell you about that work so you can make extra money. And we're still working on it. We haven't really found anything that's been successful, have we? Yeah. Essentially, what we're doing is we're, you know, you see all these ads and all these things. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. Steve and I have always kind of been of the mind that if these side, and we don't want to be too negative Nelly on everything because I'm like Mr. Side Hustle. That's just my personality. And and some things do work, but we've always been of the mindset that when these guys are selling courses on, you know, how to buy real estate with tax notes and things like that, it's like, if they were so rich doing this, why would they put together a course and sell it at late night for $40 to anybody that wants to buy it and then instantly become their competition? So it doesn't make any sense for them to do that unless they really weren't making that much money doing it, but were making a lot more money selling people the idea that they could also do it. So we just thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun to try some of these things? And right now we're doing the Walmart retail arbitrage where you go into Walmart and you buy things on clearance, extremely cheap, and you mm-hmm. use the app, and you you look, and you know, and then you flip the stuff on eBay, and you know, we've seen ads where people are claiming they're making a quarter million dollars a year buying shoes at Marshalls and doing uh, Amazon. What is it F- fulfilled by Amazon? Right? Yeah, FBA. FBA. So we thought, what the hell? Let's try it. Well, so far, I'm not on pace to make 250k <laughs> doing it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we're the lowest price on some things on Amazon, and they still aren't selling. I know. It's like, it's not, a lot of the stuff is not as easy as the, the ads say they are, which is, is surprising, Steve. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> hey, we've uh, run out of time. I got to go. What's the takeaway? Get out of hey, debt. Yeah, well, I, I think the takeaway is really easy things. One, just think about your spending. It might be a good time just to not pay more for something that you're already using than you have to. Cut out money that way. Number two. Think about putting some money away in, you don't have to make it a complicated thing, just a boring old savings account. If you have money that you're willing to put away and invest right now, and you want to protect yourself against inflation or a recession, think about a series I bond from the treasury department. The good old one, good old USA paying 9.62% right now. And you can't beat that. You can only put in up to a maximum of $10,000 a year per person, but 
hey, it's backed by the government. It's not going anywhere. So you don't need to worry about it. And hey, number real quick, re- hmm? repeat that again, though, because that one that one's very, a very impressive little gem that you stumbled across about a year ago or so. So yeah, tell, so it's the, people write that one down. You can go to treasurydirect.gov. That's the Treasury Department. And look for the information on the Series I bonds. So it's a savings bond. It's inflation adjusted. So if inflation goes up, they're already talking about the return on those bonds for next year may be 13% because it's indexed against inflation. And it's just added to your balance and you earn interest. It just keeps accelerating. doesn't cost you anything. It's free for you to participate. Series I savings bonds. All right. And then if you wake up... In the middle of the night, you're watching infomercials because you're panicked and stressed about your debt. There are options, good options and solutions that are out there. I always recommend talking to Damon or going to my website and submitting a question, but you can actually chat with Damon online. Go to damonday.com, D-A-M-O-N-D-A-Y.com, or you can visit my website, getoutofdebt.org, and there's a chat button there too. No matter what, we're here for you. We care about you. We want you to have a better future. And Damon, I want you to have a good day. Well, thank you. I will, Steve. Bye. Bye.